Gopher fans, it's Phil Mackey here with a question for you business owners specifically. Have you ever had an insurance claim that left you feeling like you got sacked in the end zone? When something bad happens to the company you built with your blood, sweat, and tears, you don't want to be left sitting on the sidelines waiting to get back in the game. You want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Your local federated representative is ready to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for you. Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Well, there it is. Snare drum time does indeed mean Score North Gopher Show time. Thank you so much for finding another edition of the show, whether it be via Apple, Spotify, Maybe at that wonderful and free Score North mobile app, or maybe you're listening at scorenorth.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for doing so. Cheap plug out of the get-go. If you wouldn't mind giving us a review, especially if it's a favorable review, we would certainly love that. And by we, I mean myself, Ross Brendel, and my guest for the program today Mr. Judd Zolgad. Judd, an honor to have you on the Score North Gopher Show. Glad to be here. What's going on, Roscoe? You know, ready to talk a little bit of hockey. I think we'll jump into some other topics with you, but both you and I this past weekend, I think we had the same plan, Judd. I watched the game or the same path. I watched the game on Friday night, and then I was in attendance on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's exactly how your weekend set up with the Gopher hockey team, correct? Very similar? Yeah, because I watched the uh, the Wild played Columbus on Friday night, and then the Gophers started about an hour and a half after that. So I watched both those on TV and then uh, ventured to the rink for the, was it a 5 p.m.? Sort of an odd face-off 5 on yep. Saturday. So, yes, I had the same exact plan and uh, saw one game in person. And I will say this, the atmosphere yes. in Mariucci Welcome back. It's been a while. That was awesome. The announced crowd, Judd, I saw you had it in your article available at scorenorth.com. And now, of course, I'm having issues wondering where I put it. Here it is. 9,613. Seemed pretty legit, didn't it? I would venture that that's not too fudged. Maybe a little bit. Manny asked me when we recorded yesterday how many I thought. And I'm not always the best at this, but I guesstimated 8,8500. So to me... Mm -hmm. I can buy close to 9,600, especially assuming not everybody's sitting down at every exact second of the game. And the thing that I loved, first time in a long time that I've been to Mariucci and experienced this, Ross. Buzz. Buzz, yeah, atmosphere. Yep. So I'm not, I have seen in the last, what, five years, crowd announcements, and you know there's tickets sold to corporations and they don't show up. But this was to you, to the word you just used, it's perfect. There was a buzz here and there was an atmosphere that, man, for gopher hockey, it used to be a weekend-type thing yep. every weekend and has been sorely lacking, and it was great to see it back for at least Saturday when I was there. So let's set the scene a little bit, Judd. The Gophers, they are coming off of a rough weekend overall against Michigan. Rough. You know, I mean, they were able to get a tie. I understand that Michigan is not great, but they're not deplorable. But it's rough from the standpoint of they missed a chance at an outright conference title. Then they missed a share of the conference title, and ultimately they've made their path to the NCAA tournament very difficult, probably needing at least to get to the conference championship game to earn a bid. I've seen from a couple different credible people in town, had they just swept Michigan, they more than likely would have already been in. That could have bumped them up high enough to feel pretty safe. Yep. Yeah. In the pairwise, about not, not having to get much work done. Yep. 
Overall, Gophers 14, 13, and 7. They're 9, 5, and 3 since December 28th. That overall is great, but in the last two weekends, when they've needed it the most, they're 0, 2, and 2 against Penn State and Michigan State. Happy Valley, Judd, yep. is becoming kind of a house of uh, horrors for the Gopher hockey team. Well, and it looks like they did that program right as far as it's a boutique arena from how it looks on TV. And so it's really noisy. There's a lot of atmosphere, back to your word, buzz there. And so I really, it's fun to watch games from there because you can feel the enthusiasm. You know what I and love about it? so I think it's a it? really tough place to play. I think it's it's very weird to love something like this about how it's set up. It's almost universally everybody's wearing white. Yep. Have you noticed that about the crowd? Yep. They're almost all wearing white. It looks intimidating for a player. It's a very they're, hockey thing, yep, too. And, and they're all on top the of the ice. The very hockey thing, it, yes. Well, we we love, in now in all sports, we're now loving doing the outs, right? Of course, yep. now the football team does their maroon and gold outs. Gophers, they're going to host Notre Dame. It is a must-win series this upcoming weekend. But I want to talk about, we'll, we'll start with, Judd, what you and I both saw on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I texted a few friends on Friday night. And I always like to tout when I'm right because so few times am I actually right. I thought the effort that the Gophers had to put in on Friday night to try and get two points or the win to keep their chance at winning a conference title and really what they had to do in periods two and three where they outshot Michigan by an astronomical rate, when they didn't get the two points, I really thought the effort that we saw on Saturday, I really could see that coming. Could you? So I enjoyed the game on Saturday. I thought it was a fun game to watch. But the post-game press conferences, starting with uh, Bob Motzko's feelings on that game, he made it crystal clear. He said, I liked what our defensemen did. I liked what the top line of McLaughlin, Walker, and Reedy did. And after that, he said something along the lines of, that performance was disappointing, and there were a lot of forwards, I'm paraphrasing now, who didn't show up. And he was right about that. Now, here's the conundrum or dilemma. Do you excuse that because this is still a young team, yep. which, by the way, since Christmas, up, up until the last um, couple series or so, had played really well. Do you excuse that because this is a young team that's still trying to learn, and as the stakes get higher and the pressure gets higher, there are probably going to be some slip-ups? Or do you say, what the hell happened? And Matsko, I liked how he approached it. He mentioned the age, but he didn't fall back on the age. And I think he's right there because you do have to push this team. And the good news is a lot of players are getting valuable experience, learning a lot, and Probably most importantly, allowing the coaching staff to eventually here make decisions on who's capable of what exactly. So breaking down the numbers, Judd, you mentioned the the youngness, if that's a word. 11 freshmen, 8 sophomores, 5 juniors, 3 seniors. We knew they were going to be very young this year. At what point, Judd, though, does being a freshman not necessarily matter? And I say that because at this point you're now what? You know, doing the math. You're 30-plus games in. I think we saw on Saturday, and really last two weekends, but especially on Saturday, I think we saw the fact that there are probably uh, points at which being young does come back to get you. Because, yes, you're 30 games in, and not to paint excuses for these kids, Ross, 
But keep in mind, you're 30 games in, but the pressure's changed quite a bit. And that team on Saturday, Michigan struck me as a much more veteran poised team. And the Gophers struck me as being overwhelmed. But the, here's the weird thing, and here's where I'm not excusing them, and I think Moscow didn't too. What confused me about what we saw in the game on Saturday was the periods of just being what seemed to be flat. Yeah. And But that comes back to my question. Is that youth? Is that what is that? Because there were also chunks of that game where they seemed to get a spark. But every time they got the spark, it seemed to disappear. So I am a little bit... I'm a little bit confused, and as far as these playoffs go now, if I was Motsko and I got this impression from him, I'm also concerned because I guess the question is, this late in the season, the why. Why did that happen? And I don't know. So at this point, these last two weekends to me, there's some parallels to the beginning of the year where in spurts the team played well. But it, it oftentimes didn't seem like they started playing well, Judd, until they were punched in the face. And maybe that's where that youth comes into play, where they're reminded, oh, this game started, we should get going now. Both games this weekend against Michigan, it didn't seem like they fully settled into the game and found what that spark until that, they were trailing. What frustrates me about that, if I'm the Gophers or Motsko or a Gopher fan, those are home games. Yeah. Yep. Penn State, I get it. You're in a difficult building. That's a good team. You go get punched in the face by Penn State at Penn State. It might be a little bit tough. But you're at home. And that game on Saturday, again, because I don't want to make just flat-out excuses. That game on Saturday, you knew what the price was. I mean, if you win that game in regulation, you don't get, but you tie points-wise for the conference title. Yep. It it assures you of playing at home in the first round of the playoffs. And I get that they got there, but they sort of backed in. Yep. Um. But it's so much more than that, too, Judd. You may never, you may never have had to leave Mariucci because you would have been the two seed, right? So there was, so you yep. knew there's still a lot to play and, for. And those games were at home, and so Matsko's um, demeanor after that game on Saturday made perfect sense. And you know what, too, for good for Bob. Bob's not going to just accept. Well, it's been a nice bounce back year, and it's year two for me. Bob's a smart guy. Bob knows this is the Gophers. This is a big-time program. This this is a program that, again, at some point in time soon here, the expectations have to be high, yep. really high. And that's what's going to bring back a buzz to that building consistently. That's what's going to change things. So I, I would say the thing that I like most on Saturday was the reaction of the coach and the fact that he knew full well that they had missed on a golden opportunity. Okay, so you just segued into an area that I want to take this with you. Two years in, almost two years in, season could come to an end this weekend, or maybe it comes to an end in three weeks. We'll see. Almost two years in, where is this program at in line with your expectations for the Bob Motzko regime? So speaking for yourself, and where do you think Bob Motzko would say the program is two years in? So two separate questions there. Um, for me personally, I, I knew it was going to take some time again. It has. I think he's doing. I think if you didn't have the second half half bounce back that th- this team had after Christmas, after the holiday break when they came back and played really well, I'd be disappointed. But he's got a lot of young players. They seem to be not all of them, but a lot of them seem to be gelling. You know, keep in mind, Motzko coming out of St. Cloud when he came down from or when he came from St. Cloud last year, stepped into a situation where that blue line was in. Sort of shambles. I mean, they needed help on defense. Motsko brought guys in. 
that defense stabilized. Um, Jackson Lacombe went from being a player who in the first half of the season turned over the puck way too much to being a clear top-flight top defenseman. Uh, that kid can skate. That kid can puck handle. So I think that really, personally, for the expectation, it could be better. But I think it's very fair to say that Bob Motzko has this program on the right track, and it was going to take some time uh, post-Lucia, post after what had happened in the last couple of years there, to get there. As far as Motzko, my sense with Motzko is he's never going to be truly satisfied or happy. I think if you were to pump him full of truth serum, though, I think he would tell you this is pretty good because you can see where it's going now. Yep. And it's, you know, there have been times with Gopher Hockey where you've been like, I don't think this is going to be good. And Gopher Hockey among all the programs at that school, just needs to be good. It always should be good. There's no excuse for it not to be good. Yeah, it's 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 an Alabama, right? It's the Alabama. It should yeah, be at it, least the Alabama. Most years, Duke call, basketball. Correct. Right? Yep. It's just it's got the cachet. I understand that you don't get all of the kids that you used to get, and I understand that there are definitely different options. And the um, the conference conferences breaking up has caused changes in the dynamics, but it's still Minnesota go for hockey. So I think if you got Bob over a beer and said, really, Bob, are you happy? I think Bob would say, we're trending in the right direction. And I think that's very fair. Okay, how about this? Five years. Give you five years. We'll say the next five years. Where do you see the odds being of the Gophers winning a national title? It would be their first since 2003. Mm -hmm. A part of what spurred this question was Judd yesterday. I I tend to do this once or twice a year because I'm a nerd. Watch highlights of the 2002 and 2003 national championship games, which could be another question to ask Go back and watch the Broughton games in the late 70s, man. I've seen seen clips of those. Those are even more fun. Who needs Thomas Vanek when you got Neil Broughton? And uh, my guy Barry Talixson. There's a name for you. 2002... This is a separate question, but just that the energy at the X just seemed tremendous in the time watching it on TV and going back and watching it. But percentage, give me a percentage in the next five years. What is the percentage that the Gopher hockey team wins a national championship? Is it 20 percent? Is it 40 percent? Where where is that number? Because I would tell you at this point, again, the last one was in 2003. I'd say if it's any longer than 2023, I'm not putting that on Bob. But a 20-year gap when there's only, what, 63 teams at this point, 65? Yeah. I'd have to go back and check. Yeah. 20 years seems too long for me. Oh, I agree completely. I think that they will, I'll put the odds with the question you gave me, just for the sake of answering the question, at about 45%. I think they'll win a national championship within the next three years. I really do. I think Bob's a good coach. They could definitely get the kids. I think he's got the... The program itself trending on the right track. Um, it's go. It's the Gophers again. I mean, there's you. When Bob Motzko goes and sits in a kid's living room with his parents, can he say all our games are at seven o'clock on Fridays and Saturdays on Fox Sports North, and the grandma and grandpa can watch, and the parents can stay home? No, he can't say that. But it's still a lot of selling points. But I would say that they will win a national title within the next. How about three years? Looking at USCHO.com, Judd, it looks like 60. 60, 60 teams. teams? Yeah. Yeah, and but there's no reason why Bob Motzko yeah. was hired to win Correct. a national championship. Yep, he'd tell this you is that. not like P.J. Fleck where you're just, okay, let's hope the Gopher football team yep. can, uh, or 
Patino or if there's a new basketball coach, you know, which is all based on hope. But no, re- nobody really is going to be like, Gophers are going to win a national title. In hockey, that's not the case. The expectation, I believe, and Motzko would probably tell you this, is national championships. I would, but I think he's a good coach. I think they've got some of the, I think they've got the talent trending on the right track. And I think much like when Lucia took the torch from Woog, there's no reason why Motzko can't take it from Don and win a couple championships. Can you explain the losses in the first round? Or is that just is that just the cases of hockey being hockey for Motzko and what he had trouble getting over with at St. Cloud State? That's a really good question. And that comes back to the question of um, when Boudreaux got the job here with the Wild and everyone pointed to he can't win game sevens. And a lot of people like my partner Mackie likes to say it's hockey, it's random. It's but at some point in time, it's no longer random. It gets to be concerning. All of that being said, who knows? Perhaps being with a new program will change that for yep. Bob. But I I can't I can't entirely dismiss it because when you start to lose as a coach, all of those games, the one thing that as a hockey fan you question is, all right, they grab in the sticks really tight because they know. Well, so I can't completely I can't dismiss it as easily as some can. But do I think that Bob Motzko can win in the first round? Yes, I absolutely. Yeah, me too. So I'll, uh, on that topic, yes, I 100% agree with you. But I'll make a little bit of a twins comparison. I love when I hear the argument when people say, just this past year, well, nobody on this twins roster has anything to do with those past losses to the Yankees. In my mind, it doesn't matter because they all know it. Judd, I'm pointing to my head. It's all in their head. They're well aware of it. They know of it. I'm not saying that's not why they don't beat the Yankees, but I'm telling you, if you don't think You're that's right. at least a small percentage of it, it absolutely is. Nelson Cruz wasn't on those teams, but guess what? He hears about it all the time. He knows about it. He probably watched some of the games. They know about it, and in my opinion, which might not mean much to most people, but in my opinion, it means a little bit of something at the very least. And that's the important thing is how much can you quantify it? Because you really can't. No, like you we're, can't. We're going after this. Are people thinking about this stuff? And, you know, to your point, uh, going into the 2019 ALDS, Yankees Twins, I thought to myself, these guys aren't going to care. And they sure look like a team that got flustered and cared. So, But I do think, to your original question, I do think that Motsko is very capable of recruiting and coaching this team to a national title, and a national title should be the expectation. Well, if you said within three years, Judd, and you did, well, then that would mean that this freshman class is going to help uh, bring that national championship home. I like so, a lot of these kids, don't you? Yeah, well, uh, well, one's a sophomore, but I think Sammy Walker is a ton of fun to watch. Yes. And he brings it every shift. Yes. You may have doubts about some other players, Judd, and I don't know if we necessarily need to name them. Oh, we, we can. Sa- Sammy Walker's not I, one that I have any doubts about. I don't. Either the kid that I would get, I'd love to get my hands on and skate him and skate him and skate him because when he's going good, his talent's off the charts. And you know what? The way he plays is very Minnesota wild like. Sample Ranta, yeah, yep. who disappeared on Saturday. I Bob didn't name names. I'm sure he was talking about this kid. In fact, post game, I talked to people who watch this team a lot more than I do. And I said, What's up with Sample Ranta? Because I've seen him play well. This is not like, oh, he's an okay player. When he's at his best, he's a talent. And for him, I think I noticed him on Saturday twice. That is an indictment. But but again, he's a sophomore. So he's got two years at least, if not one year. And in my opinion, he should stay for two more. But he's got some time here 
to turn a corner and become a dominant presence, not just when he feels like it, but on a nightly basis. Well, and Ranta, to me, is the type of guy, it makes no sense when he disappears from the from the score sheet from a standpoint of he's got to have multiple shots on goal a game. If he, if he doesn't, then that's a problem. But he seems to lose interest. Yeah, and well, that's what I was going to ask you. Is that an effort thing? Is that an interest thing? Uh, is it is he being schemed against? One of my favorite schemes of all time, Judd, you'll remember this. I'm thinking... I can't remember the year, but it was one of the years where the Minnesota Wild lost to the Avalanche in the playoffs, and it was a Marion Gabrick team, and I forgot who was coaching Colorado at the time, but they basically just gave him the old Randy Moss treatment and said, we're going to put two guys on Marion Gabrick because we know the rest of this Wild team can't score. Yep. I think you remember that series, and right? A of, and a lot of guys is, don't like to get hit. Is some of that happening to Ranta? Is that He's what it is? He's probably getting hit, and Michigan's got some older, savvy players, but guess what? You're probably more talented, dude. So just get hit, get up, take it. Do what you have to do to be successful. Because in that game, that game on on Saturday was just a great test to me of character. And a lot of guys failed it, and that's unfortunate. But you're right, that first line did not. And Sammy Walker is a really nice player. And I think the blue line's got some really nice players, too, now. I thought the brilliance, to go back to something you had touched on in the beginning of the Motsko press conference, was afterwards, you could tell exactly what he thought. If he didn't name you, he probably didn't think you had a very good effort on Saturday. Oh, absolutely. Because he, he went out of his right. way to praise the guys that he thought played well. He said the well. whole first line. Yep. He and, named the whole first line, and he basically absolved the defensive core. And I thought LaFontaine had a good series too. I think he I think he was hung out to dry a, a little bit, but Strauss man by the way. Oh. I thought he had a great he had a great weekend series, but I also on Friday night a part of what made me laugh was that they weren't getting any second chance. They weren't getting any second chance cuz everything was and I saw this from multiple multiple people just right in his gut. If they're right in his yeah. gut, there's gonna there's not gonna be many juicy rebounds. Can we talk about his name, Strauss? Man, yeah. what is there a better name currently in hockey? No, because here's what makes it so perfect. He's from Greenwich, Connecticut. The only two places that Strauss Man hockey wise could be from, in my opinion, are Edina, Minnesota, or Greenwich. Strauss Man, and also the great story there is Strauss Man got the job at Michigan. And that's when Mel Pearson called Jack LaFontaine, the current golfer goaltender in, who was at Michigan, yes. and said, I got bad news for you. You ain't going to play. We got this kid named Strauss Mann. And so Jack LaFontaine is only a golfer because Strauss Mann, by being recruited by Michigan, chased him out of Michigan. A tangled web we weave, So Judd. Jack LaFontaine was playing his old team and playing pretty well over the weekend because of Strauss Mann. Yeah, and actually he's played, even in the last two series, again, where they're 0-2-2, and he hasn't been much of the problem. Oh, the Friday, was it the Friday night game at Penn Penn State? State. It was unbelievable. He was stopped, what, 50? Well, do you remember that sequence we talked about when we were at the golf show? There was a sequence in overtime, I think it was the second overtime maybe, where Penn State had basically three point-blank chances in 15 seconds and yep. he turned everyone away. Yes. I have three quick hitters for you on the way out the door. One hockey related, one baseball, or excuse me, one basketball, oh, and one baseball football. Well, John Anderson talk. Uh, fun stadium to get to, by the I'm way. I've not seen it yet. I finally. I, I keep, keep meaning to go 
And I don't. Let's go. I okay. made I made it last year. It's really cool. Okay. Very intimate. Too. I was told I was told by someone who attends a lot of golfer games that it's absolutely fine for that for baseball in that vein. It's really cool. It's really cool. They did a very nice job with it. I was pleasantly surprised. The key. When... The key is the disappearance of the old school aluminum bats because in 1993, every pitch would probably go over that right field wall. But now now they've got what composite bats. Yeah, basically? it's a different bat. I don't it's know. A, I don't but know the exactly. More, it deadens. Yep, the ball it deadens more. more. It, the pitcher doesn't risk his life as much as he used to. Uh, metal, metal, and aluminum bats. Oh my goodness! Do you I remember s- when Matt Burke's brother at the Metrodome got, got hit I, by a I, line drive. I heard the story. I, I never saw it. I heard the story. I was though. working at the Star Tribune that night, and we got a r- report, and it was. I don't remember how serious it was, but it was a. I think it was a line shot off an old school aluminum bat. And I think is I think Matt's bro- brother's name was Ben Burke and got hit flush by it that, that type of thing. You were afraid that people plural were going to die. I played a, a baseball game in like sixth or seventh grade where on the next field a, a pitcher got hit with a ball off of an aluminum bat in like sixth or seventh grade, and we could all hear it from the next field because it hit him. Basically, flesh in the face, right on the eye socket. That's so scary. Neither, neither here nor there, Judd. Dispel a myth for me, because you you alluded to this again earlier. There's been a lot of misinformation on the Twitter machine that I see about the Big Ten hasn't damaged how Gopher hockey's viewed. It's not that hard to get Gopher hockey. It hasn't changed. It's always been this way. That's uh, in all honesty, not to jump on people. That's complete crap. This is entirely different than it used to be. Uh, again. The Gophers on, can you tell me, what is FS2? Two of the three games uh, this weekend, potentially. It's, on, channel on, ni- it's channel 963 on Xfinity for me because 863 okay. is FS1. But my point being, aside from when the Gophers would play Alaska Anchorage, you had no issues finding conference games. In the Alaska Anchorage games, oftentimes they'd play late at night. You could still see them. Yeah. There are... This year wasn't as bad, but there are a fair amount of Big Ten games where it's just not on TV. You can't find it. Or, or even worse, Judd, you're getting like the Colorado College feed from the students, which I'm sorry, I'm in broadcasting. Props to them. Hone your craft. Be good at your job. I get it. Right. I don't want to watch it on a Friday night because the mic's popping. It doesn't sound that good. This, this, I'm right, correct? This, uh, yeah. this was not a problem 10 years ago. Well, here's the, here's my problem. If I'm wrong, that's fine. You can no, tell no, me. No, 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 no. My problem, my problem with the whole Big Ten thing is, look, have people like me accepted it because it's just done? Yes, I've accepted it. But I get really, really frustrated by the fans or the people at uh, the conference or the University of Minnesota, Ross, who keep saying, Get all, it's time to get past it. It's time to get a. First of all, as a fan, you don't have to get past anything you don't want to because you pay for the product. You pay to watch the product. You pay for your cable to watch the product. So if you choose to be PO'd still, that is your right. But, you know, look at, Ross, look at where college hockey's gone now or going. Now, it, it sounds like in the coming weeks or months, Illinois is going to announce that they're going to join the Big Ten as an expansion program to give the conference Another team, okay. But the WCHA, as we know it, is what? Breaking up. The CCHA is coming yeah. back. So you can't tell me that all of these change. People don't like change. And I don't care if people are like, oh, they get over it. No, they they don't like it. And so all the changes that are constantly being made, it seems like, in college hockey and 
the Big Ten, which started off way too small. The fact that they triggered it at six teams was stupid. And we know, you know, we know there is no way that you could tell me that the launch of the Big Ten Hockey Conference was anything but what they call tonnage for the Big Ten Network. Because when the Big Ten Network launched, if you recall, the whole thing was we're going to show basketball, men's and women's basketball, and football, and we're also going to have academic programming. And I laughed. I'm like, you're really going to show academic programming? You you people are going to show academic programming for two minutes and realize no one watches. And so my understanding is Jim Delaney, who didn't give a damn about hockey, the com- the former commissioner of the Big Ten, and and his good friend Barry Alvarez, who didn't care about hockey, were like, well, let's just throw hockey on. Let's make a conference to throw hockey on. And you know what? To this day still, last week, if you saw, we had an early hockey game, which I believe our time started like 5 or 5.30. Yep. Okay, so you're telling me if you're a hockey fan, that's convenient? So... Look. No, it was a Friday, too. How many people are even home exactly. from work by well, that didn't time? Didn't the Gophers start a game at Ohio State at like 6 o'clock yeah. in yep, Columbus, which was 5 o'clock here? Yep, they did. So don't tell me, oh, get over it. No, people don't have to. You've made it inconvenient. You've made, you know, Saturday. Why did they start at 5? I have no idea. I liked it. But do the majority of people who are planning on going to a Saturday night potential hockey game like a 5 o'clock face-off and not a 7 o'clock? So... I'm with you to say that this not has not had a drastic. There are a lot of reasons why go for hockey attendance is no longer what it once was. But to try and dismiss the conference affiliation change, you're being naive. You're being ridiculous. And quite frankly, you're being a mouthpiece for people who are trying to tell you what's what. I'm like you, Judd. I have a thousand channels because I'd rather just keep it on cable because it's it's super convenient. And on Saturday, I can watch 15 different college football games at one time. I'm not convinced I have FS2, and if it comes down to a third game, 963. Yeah, that, that's good for uh, the Gophers and Mariucci because I'll probably just wind my way up down there okay. on Sunday night. Okay, two two very quick ones for you. I got to be respectful of your time. Gopher football, their spring game comes up Saturday, April 4th at TCF Bank Stadium at 11 a.m. Coming off of the 11 win season and a win in the Outback Bowl. What are your expectations for next year? Mine, mine are this. I'll give it to you in less than 30 seconds. I think they can be a better team next year and lose more games because the schedule's more difficult. Fair. But I do think they should win eight-plus games next year. That's where I'm at. Where are you at heading into next year? Do I think that P.J. Fleck has this program on the right track? Absolutely yes. So your point's a valid one, and it might be true. But I think he can do the two most important things. I think he marries two very important things that I'm not sure all the previous coaches married as well as he does, okay? One, he can flat-out recruit. It works. You might not like it. You might be an old-timer like me and scratch your head and see this thing about bamboo shoots and say, what the <laughs> hell is he talking about? I was just going to ask but you about works. bamboo. And the other thing, though, Ross, that you can't dismiss is he can coach and he knows offense. Yes. And, you know— Kirk Shiraka, his former offensive coordinator, went to Penn State, and I'm sure Kirk was very good. But I think from what I've read, P.J. Fleck, and he doesn't really talk about this much, but I think just X's and O's wise, offensively, he's really, really solid. And so I think he marries together things that as long as he stays here, it has this program on probably, and this is an amazing thing to say, but Holtz didn't stick around long enough to f- see this through, probably has this program on the best track in my lifetime that I've seen. And, you know, Jerry Kill, I like Jerry Kill. Yep. But he couldn't, uh, obviously, said, couldn't stay healthy. Um, Mason, I think, could coach, but I think recruiting-wise he was suspect. 
and people and look, he got some kids. Don't get me wrong, but definitely it sounded like the high school coaches around here weren't huge fans. I think PJ Fleck does a couple of very important things, and I think with the facilities here, with the stadium here too, Ross, it's not a slam dunk that he just ups and leaves. You know, this is not the old days of well, they practice in a shed that basically leaks when it rains. This is a different era of gopher sports basketball too. I think there's a few jobs where he would, but I don't think you're leaving for another Minnesota-like job. You're leaving for, funny you should mention Lou Holtz, I think if given the opportunity, he'd leave for Notre Dame. I, I think, the same thing. Yep, I think if given the opportunity, he'd leave for Florida. I thought it was interesting that Mark Coyle uh, turned down the USC athletic director job because I can totally see if Mark Coyle wound up in Southern California, how PJ may end up out there too, but I'm not convinced... I feel like PJ is going to work best in the Midwest. And according to uh, Royce, Florida State and USC really yeah. don't pump that much into their football programs financially, as one would think. Uh, but they could lose. They could lose more games than they did in 2019. That doesn't necessarily mean the program is going to be regressing. Yes, and I 100% agree with that. And by the way, win the Big Ten West at some point. Wouldn't that be nice? No, seriously, just win the Big Ten West. Well, we we were co Big Ten West champions last year. <laughs> that's, that's one of the best things he said thanks, since he's been here. Thanks, PJ Randall. Like, how do you not chuckle at that when you hear that? Even even if you're the strongest said, supporter, but he said it after that loss. Yes, right? yes, in the post game, so I believe. If you try not to chuckle, <laughs> okay. Final one for you. I'm back and forth on this one. I I think it's sixty forty, and I, and I'll set up the question, and then you'll know what I mean by sixty forty. Is Richard Pitino the head coach of the Gopher men's basketball team next year? My percentage is 60%. I say no. I do think it's as high as 40% that he's back because I think I think you can make a case for him to come back. But I think declining attendance and just some really gut-wrenching losses are just the recipe for making a coaching change. I would say it's 70-30 no, but here's where I struggle. I can't tell, nor can you, nor can anybody unless you're a confidant what Mark Coyle is thinking uh, no he does, he's at every game I see him all the time um but he's not a public figure and look I think he should be more accessible but he's just not and he's done a pretty good job at, but for a guy who has a li- a list right he supposedly has that list in his desk drawer of like his wish list of coaches for various sports if a coach was to if he was to fire a coach or that coach was to leave um but I'm going to go to what you said, because we could talk about sample sizes all we want. Too small a sample, blah, blah, blah. But I was at the Iowa loss. Last five and a half minutes, you don't score. Yep, five I was and a half there minutes too. at home. You've got, and I realize there were a lot of Hawkeye fans, packed crowd though. And your fans were really excited. And that was a huge game. And you didn't lose. You choked. All right? Indiana loss I didn't go to. But you come back on that Wednesday and lose to Indiana after being up again in that game. And basically rolled over in that game. And then I was at the Maryland game last week, and that was an epic choke. So between those three, if you're Mark Coyle, and I'm sure he attended all three games. In fact, I saw him in the press room at Patino's press conference after the uh, Maryland loss, Ross. I don't know how you don't watch that and be like, oh, my gosh. And and keep in mind, too, the Maryland game, I want to say by that point they had about 8,500 fans there, 9,000 fans there. That's a big game. That's a good opponent. That's a bad crowd. So if if Richard Pitino, who Mark Coyle likes, was Mark Coyle's guy, 
I would say 70% he survives and gets a, another chance. Jamal Mashburn's uh, son's coming in next year. But he is, Mark Coyle likes him, but he's not Mark Coyle's guy. And Mark, and you know damn well Mark Coyle has a list with a basketball coach yep. on it. My thought is if you have that list like he apparently does, and if you know for a fact you're going to get one of those three guys, then you make the move from your top three list. If you're not convinced, maybe you have to ride it out another year. Sure. It would be interesting to see if Otubu comes back. Most people are saying no. I do know that Oturu values his education. He I, can graduate next year. I think he so should. So maybe that matters. I think he should come back. I think the scouts and the people that get to him are going to convince him not to come back. I personally think he should come back. Judd, this this has been a ton of fun. Can I ask you one question? Yeah, you go right ahead. Yep. Can you tell me what has happened to Gabe Kelcher? I is this coffee being gone and him is is the easy, drawing more attention? Is the easy answer, Judd? Can the easy answer just be that it is the prototypical sophomore slump? I want to say that that's the answer, but even in my in my head, I know I'm lying to myself because he's not being defended differently. Maybe, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you see any difference with no, Coffee being no, gone? No, he, he's missing wide open looks. That's, I know. That's, that's what that's, I think, too. I don't but know what that I've is. I've heard, oh, Coffee's gone and that's hurting him. But, Ross, I went to the game, first round game in Des Moines last year, NCAAs against Louisville, and he lit him up. He was magnificent in that game. Lights out. And I watch this kid now, and confidence-wise, it's a shell. I think the I think where I look at it and say, if this is still a problem next year, then I think we know that this is just the player that he that he is. Sure. You hope that maybe with an offseason something changes. For a while, I thought this is just a bad slump. He'll find a shot eventually. Well, turns out it's been the entire season. The other, so is that really even a slump? The and the indictment also against Patino as well, Ross, is this. He has watched in how many games now, in how many crucial games this year, Marcus Carr be wore down to a nub like there's nothing left, and he has no choice in his mind but to keep playing him. Can you imagine the season that Marcus Carr could be having if you could get him to 32 minutes a game? Like he's playing 40, yep. 38 consistently. Let's say he plays 30. Let's say you could get him... A solid 10-minute, 8-minute chunk of time off. Because how many games have we seen where he, by the end... Oh, he's gassed. Is ga- and he's yep. just lost. Yep. Like, I think he's mentally drained and physically gone. Well, and one thing that I look at, Judd, it, and this will be the final point, is... Sorry about that. It, I no, that's okay. I, if, if, if we're in year 7, and I say this all the time... I struggle to really rip college kids, but at the end of the day, they're borderline professional athletes, and 95% of them that you watch and cheer for are also on academic scholarships, so in my mind, they are being paid to play. Don't tell me they're not being paid yep. to play. They might not be being paid as much as you think they should, no, your, your point's but, dead on. but they're being paid your to play. Your point's dead on. If we're seven years in, and Hurt and guys like Olian Demir are getting as much run as they are... To me, I think that also points to just some flaws in the program. These Absolutely. guys are these guys are not Big Ten players. Doesn't mean they're not great kids. Doesn't mean they can't have a role on the team. Hurts not getting as much run as he used to, but in my opinion, if he gets two, three his minutes, brother said, "I'm out yeah, of here." Exactly, exactly. So there's no reason to play him. And Demir might be the nicest kid on the planet, right. But he's a turnover machine. Yep. And and he really can't shoot. Yep. That's a problem. But Carr, I just Carr is I, a really, really nice player. He's just so gassed by the end of games, there's nothing left to give. Yeah. I like Carr. He's not a great player, but he's a nice player. This year, this team frustrates me a little bit because the goal should not be the NIT. The Gophers, to me, are a team that can win the NIT, but because they botched away so many games at the beginning of the year, 
John, to have a chance to go to the NIT, they got to win the final two in their first game of the Big Ten tournament. And he, Does anybody believe they're going to win three games in a row? Because I don't. And he's going to tell you that the, and he's right about this, the non-conference schedule was tough, and it was tough, but we've seen Big Ten games that have just been an abomination. Yeah. And so games, that's that's where I point back at him and say, okay, good for you on tough non-conference games, but you got to beat Iowa. Yep. You got to beat Maryland. Purdue. Remember Purdue? Yes. And Maryland, make no mistake, did not win that game. You lost that game. That's not good on Maryland. That is, uh, you gave that game back. And last thing, you're right. If if you play on a TV network that generates millions, if not billions of dollars at some point in time, guess what? You get to get criticized. If you don't want to be criticized and you're an amateur athlete, go play on local cable access, and I won't watch you, and no one will criticize you. Yeah, or go play for my favorite university, Uwe Pui, which I believe is Indiana University, Purdue University, and then is it integrated? I don't even know, but Uwe Pui is great. It's a great name. All right. It's one of the best names. Thanks, Judd. That will do it. Let's do it again with Judd Zolgad. Judd, we'll get to that college baseball game, too. I'm going to hold you to that. We're going to awesome. We're gonna make that happen. That'll do it for this edition of the Score North Gopher Show. Look for another edition of the Score North Gopher Show in this feed. A little bit later on this week, Darren Doogie Wolfson, he'll join us. I'm sure he's got plenty of great Gopher scoops, Richard Patino scoops. We'll talk with Darren Doogie Wolfson. James Murphy will join later on this week in this very feed. This has been another edition of the Score North Gopher Show. Thanks for listening, and please tell a friend.